Hey guys, just here to talk to you about Birth Story Academy. Are you one of the 98% of birthing people planning to birth in a hospital and you have no idea what you want and what the hospital's protocols and procedures are, how to navigate them and how to advocate for yourself? We often think about, do we want an unmedicated birth or a medicated birth? But there's so much more to it. What about a cesarean section? What about a wait and see attitude? So if you are one of the 80% of people hoping to birth without an epidural, but know that 60 to 90% of the United States population actually births with an epidural, and in that statistic, in 35% of all birthing persons have a cesarean section, whether it's planned or unplanned, that is why I built Birth Story Academy. Birth Story Academy is premier childbirth education for getting you prepped to birth in a hospital. You have over 50 decisions to make when you are in prodromal labor, early first stage, late first stage, hard labor, transition, pushing the third stage of labor. As a doula for over 17 years, I have witnessed every minute of labor from the earliest twinges and feelings through every single stage of labor, through transition, through delivery, and into the postpartum period with my clients. In Birth Story Academy, we break down every stage of labor. If you join Birth Story Academy and come on a journey with me, I become your virtual doula and I help you plan and prepare for the birth that you want, no matter what that looks like. So if you're hoping for that unmedicated birth, I'm going to help you with those plans. If your journey takes a different path, we have plans for that too. You will feel educated and empowered whether you have spontaneous labor or an induction or a planned or unplanned cesarean, regardless of what you are desiring for medicated or unmedicated or a wait and see attitude. This course walks you through everything you need to know to prepare and to navigate hospital policies and procedures and to create birth plans that advocate for you. So let's do this. Year after year, 71% of my clients go unmedicated, 25% are induced, and a small 7% or less have a planned or unplanned cesarean section. That's the experience that built Birth Story Academy that's going to help you too. So let's do this. Head over to birthstory.com and enroll in Birth Story Academy today. Three months after my son Jagger was diagnosed with cerebral palsy from a brain injury at his birth, I remember sitting in the neurologist's office and thinking, what are our choices? Where do we go here? And all I was left with was early intervention therapy. Now, early intervention therapy works. We aggressively did physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy to help my child's right arm and right leg move as close to the left leg and the left arm as possible for someone with a brain injury. We also had to work really hard to get Jagger talking and fighting the sensory processing disorder and the dysregulation of his body from having a brain injury. And that's all that I was left with early intervention therapy, quitting my job, taking my child to doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment. But there was another route that I had eliminated myself from, and that was a stem cell transplant from cord blood and tissue banking. Unfortunately, when I was pregnant, I declined 
I remember the OB handing me the brochure and I remember thinking this is expensive and I don't know anything about it and I threw it in the trash can. Fast forward years later, sitting in that neurology office, I wished that I could go back in time, grab that cord blood banging brochure out of the trash can and pay the $35 a month to bank my child's cord blood and tissue because you don't know how their birth is going to go. We don't know if our kids are going to end up with childhood leukemia or one of the other 85 FDA approved indications for cord blood and tissue banking for stem cell transplants. So I really wish someone had mentored me, like I'm trying to mentor each of you right now about cord blood and tissue banking. Please visit anjahealth.com, A-N-J-A health.com and learn about cord blood and tissue banking. Anja offers $100 off for Birth Story podcast listeners using code BIRTHSTORY. There's also a unique link in the show notes. Thanks for being here. Thank you for letting me educate you when no one was there to educate me. And I hope you enjoy Doula Diaries this week. Happy New Year, Birth Story family. It is January 4th, 2022. And this is the very first episode of the year. We are doing tons of celebrating over here. And I am coming to you today with Doula Diaries and my best tips for attacking Disney, Animal Kingdom, all the parks while you are pregnant. And that is because my family just returned from hot, sunny Orlando, Florida, where we rang in the new year. Now, I'm from Orlando, Florida. So this was the first time I had been home in two years. It was so amazing to hug my brother and hug my stepmom and hug my dad and just, oh my gosh, my kids are six and seven. They hadn't seen their grandparents. It was just so wonderful. So what I did is I took notes on all of the best tips that I think would help you if you are pregnant and considering going to the Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom or, you know, these are the parks I went to. So going to one of those two parks is what I'm really going to focus on. And that is because if you guys have been following the show, I'm three weeks post-op, which probably not doctor recommended considering I'm not supposed to be exercising for six weeks. So I had to pretend almost like I was pregnant. I was recovering from major surgery, had a mommy makeover and a breast reduction. And so I had to take it really slow and easy. And because of that, I just took notes for you guys, essentially. So if you are pregnant and you are considering the parks, let's get into it. The first thing that I want to talk about is when to go. 100% my recommendation is winter and second trimester. (laughs) So I understand that those two things may not line up for you. But ideally, it's the coolest with a breeze. And by cool, I mean like 80 degrees, but maybe 85 when we were there on New Year's Day. So it's cooler than it is other times of the year. And you feel the best. So in your first trimester, you are so tired, I don't even know how anyone could walk that park. And then in your third trimester, sometimes that nausea comes back. You have to pee every two seconds. Walking is hard. And then there's always the fear of going into labor when you're not in the at home, like when you're not where you're supposed to be. 
So first recommendation is on time to go. So if you could time it to go in the winter time in your second trimester, I mean, I think that that's ideal. So the big thing that we have to start with, though, is navigating the park while keeping you safe with the heat and dehydration, rest, avoiding exhaustion, safety with the rides, being comfortable and fueling your body. So those are sort of the buckets I'm going to talk about today. Now, I'm going to give you some secrets on how we navigated the park and never waited in a single line for one minute at the busiest time of year. It costs money and it is an investment, but these are my tips. Let's talk about rest and avoiding exhaustion. On the first day at Animal Kingdom, that was day one for us, I have an Apple Watch, which I highly recommend bringing your watch, whatever it is, to track your heart rate and to track your steps so that we can make sure we're keeping you safe. But at Animal Kingdom, I walked 17,000 steps over seven rides and experiences. So that took all day. That was 11 hours at the park. So 11 hours at the park for seven experiences and 17,000 steps. That's a lot of walking. 11 hours. We also built in a lot of downtime like you would need to do if you are pregnant. Now at Disney World on the second day or the Magic Kingdom, we navigated nine rides and I walked 14,000 steps. So I feel like we were a little bit more efficient and we were at the park about 10 hours. So we had probably less rest time, I will say, like less walking, less rest time, less all of it, because we just wanted to get out of the park a little bit sooner on the second day. We were tired. So what do you do when you're at Disney and Animal Kingdom to rest, avoid exhaustion, and all of the things? Well, the first thing that we did is get a disability pass. So it's called a DAS, D-A-S, pass, You can get one 60 days in advance of your trip. Now, we have a DAS or disability pass because I have a child with cerebral palsy and I was just having major surgery. You do not have to tell Disney World anything. Like, this is not a HIPAA thing. You don't have to call Disney World and say, hey, I have XYZ. They do they trust you. Okay. So don't be an asshole, right? If you don't have a disability, like please save these for the people that need them. But pregnancy, a hundred percent falls under this category. You cannot be standing in line in the heat for two and a half hours per ride when you are pregnant. So 60 days in advance, you can apply for a DAS pass. A DAS pass means you don't wait in any lines. It means before you get to the park, you can sign up for two times. So we had signed up for Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain. And so we had those times at 9 to 10 and then 10 to 11. Once you get into the park and GPS recognizes that you're there, you can snag another one. All of this is done through the Disney app. So first things first, you need to download the Disney app. Second thing, you need to get on the My Disney Experience website and you need to apply for the disability pass. Now, you need to log on to that website at 7.30 in the morning, you guys. I logged on at 7.30. I went about my day on my computer and at 5.30 p.m., they answered. And it was a quick, they, 
wanted to get a picture of my child with the disability and talk about scheduling our day. So you as the pregnant person would say like, I'm super pregnant. I need this disability pass. I can't wait in lines. It would be too uncomfortable and unsafe for me and pre-schedule two rides. Now, on top of that, we purchased the lightning lane. So lightning lane, I think used to be like a fast pass, but it's $15 per person. Okay. There's five people that went with my family to the kingdom So it was $75 for the five of us. Oh my gosh, that was the best $75 I have ever spent because I had a lightning lane pass partnered with a disability pass. So at all times, we had three return times available to us. And what that means is that you schedule your rides so that you don't have to wait in line. So you get on your little app and under Lightning Lane, which we've paid for $75 for the whole day, you can do one at a time. So I'm like, oh, I'm in a Lightning Lane this ride. Let's say Barnstormer. Well, once you scan through to Barnstormer, you can get on your app and Lightning Lane the next one. Same thing with the disability. Once you go use your disability, which is essentially a Lightning Lane pass, you enter through Lightning Lane. So once you use a disability ride, you can schedule another one. So we were able to have three lightning lanes running at a time by combining disability and lightning lane. It's an investment, but definitely recommend it for all of you that are pregnant out there, okay? So those that's the starting point. You also wanna download the Genie Plus part of the Disney app experience. It's free and it helps you plan out your day. So think about it like, ways when you're driving and it kind of calculates wait times and tells you which way to go. That's what Genie Plus does. It looks at the park and where you are at in the park from a GPS perspective. And then it tells you the shortest wait times, lightning lane times to get going. Okay. So it's really fun. You just open up, you hit my day under Genie Plus, you can click your lightning lanes, your disabilities, and you can just just cruise through. So like I said, we did not wait for one minute in any line at either park for either day. And that's how we accomplished that. It costs a lot of money, $75 for the lightning lane. And then I don't know, $1,200 for the Disney tickets or something like that. Another thing that we paid for was preferred parking. That saves a lot of walking, okay? It's $50. This is like ridiculous money, you guys. So $50 for a preferred parking pass. Now, if you have a handicap pass or your medical provider is willing to give you a temporary handicap placard because of your pregnancy, then you can get handicap parking for $25. Thank you, Disney. For only charging everyone who's handicapped $25. I mean, it's so much money. So then you get there. You have your disability set up. You have, or your DAS pass. You have your lightning lane set up. You know at least the first couple of rides that you're going to go to. And now we need to focus on the heat, the dehydration, still minimizing some of that exhaustion. Now, the park hours at Magic Kingdom, it was like 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., but then at Animal Kingdom, it was 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., so you got to be really careful when you plan your day to not show up at like 8 o'clock at Animal Kingdom. Guess what? They're not open for another hour, so just make sure you've got the times right. 
if you are staying on property, you can get to the resorts an hour early. So at Animal Kingdom, if it opens at nine, you could get there at eight. Okay, so that's another tip. We just can't, we couldn't afford, honestly, all this money to stay on the property too. And my family's in Orlando. So we stayed about 45 minutes away in a Courtyard Marriott for 100 bucks a night. And it was much less expensive, but we didn't get to go to the park early. So if you can afford it, stay at one of the resorts and then you can get to the parks an hour early. The reason I say that is because you could build in time. We busted through 11 hours and then 10 hours. But if I was pregnant, I would have gone first thing in the morning, let's say seven to noon. And then I would have gone home from noon to five. And by home, I mean like the resort hotel from like noon to five or six. And then I would have gone back from like six to 10, something like that, and seen the fireworks. So if I was staying on resort, I would have broken it up, but I wasn't. So I had to go all the way through. But this guide is about pregnancy tips. So if you can try to break it up and not be there in the dead of the heat in the middle of the day, because that's also the busiest time. Okay. Like it's COVID. We were wearing N95 masks inside and outside. It was really hard to walk for 11 hours with an N95 mask on. I will tell you that like really hard. So hopefully this podcast episode lasts the the length of time in which you're listening and you're like, what is COVID? <laughs> hopefully it goes away. But anyway, um, Disney is requiring masks indoors. Okay. So I'd say about, I'm an exaggerator. So I want to say like 30% of everyone I saw was wearing a mask outdoors. It's probably less than that. Um, but there was a good number of people wearing masks outdoors and a hundred percent of people were wearing masks indoors mandated. Like you are not getting on a ride that steps foot inside without a mask on. They were very, very diligent about that. I would also recommend getting, when you go for that break at your hotel room, that it has a pool so you can cool off, you can put your feet up, you can rest you know, all those things. So we're just building this great Disney experience with pre-planning 60 days in advance, your DAS, your Genie Plus, your Lightning Lane. You've got your Apple Watch on to log your heart rate and your steps, okay? If anybody wants my guide, you're gonna need to email me, hello at birthstory.com, and I will email it to you. Eventually, it will be up on birthstory.com, but I am publishing this episode on January 4th, and as of today, it is not on the website. But in a couple months, it might be on the website under the workbook. But if you go to the workbook in a couple months, say you're listening to this episode in April and you don't see it there, then just email me hello at birthstory.com, and I'll send you over this guide that I have written. Now, the heat and is unbelievable in Florida, as we know, in the humidity. So that's why I talked about going in winter and going in your second trimester. Find the shade spots. There are plenty of them. But as you map out the park, I would get the, the map and I would make notes of where the big shade spots are so that you can come back to them. I would also go to Target and buy a fan that has battery operated and you can put water in the bottom of it and it's eight to 10 bucks. Because at the park, that same fan is $50. I am not kidding you. 50 freaking dollars. So thankfully, I've this is not my first rodeo growing up in Orlando. So we went to Target and we had the fan and extra batteries and filled them with water so that we could spray and cool ourselves off as needed. 
You also need to bring your own refillable water bottle. There are refilling stations all over the parks and every single restaurant will give you cups of free cold, ice cold water. So just bring a refillable water bottle. You can also bring in all your own snacks and water, which we're going to get to in a minute. All your own food they let you bring in. So pack your own food, pack your own snacks, pack all the water you want in advance. Now, it's not just about water when you're sweating and there's humidity and dehydration and you're pregnant. It's all about electrolytes. So we used the Gatorade Zero Packets. That's what we use this time because they're just easier to pack. But you can do the liquid IV. You can do the noon tabs. You can do Ultima powder. Whatever it is that you love to add to your water for electrolytes, bring it. You're going to need it. We want to make sure that you don't have signs of serious dehydration in pregnancy while at Disney World. And that includes like if your mouth feels dry, you are dehydrated. If you are dizzy, confused, fainting, that can all be from losing excess fluid while you're walking around and exhausting your body in this heat. It's hard enough when you're not pregnant, you guys, but geez, when you are pregnant, these are the things I want you to think about and make sure that you pack in advance. I also really recommend the instant ice packs and the cooling towels. So have a way to just cool yourself off with that fan, an instant ice pack, a cooling towel, chugging like your Gatorade Zero so we're not getting too much sugar, but you know, something that has electrolytes in it. That's going to help you beat the heat and really focus on not getting dehydrated. Now, if you are pregnant and you are nursing, or even if you're just pregnant and not nursing, there are nursing mother's rooms. They're inside, they're air conditioned, and if you need to take a rest, I don't think anyone's going to judge a pregnant person for plopping down in the nursing mother's room and taking a rest. So look at the map and find out where all the nursing mother's spots are. Now, we also brought a stroller. Now, you guys heard me say, my kids are six and seven, like they still utilized that stroller, which was unbelievable to me that they wanted to take so many breaks in the stroller. So I don't know at what age kids stop wanting to get a ride in a stroller, but we have like a a big disability stroller that goes up to 100 pounds. But if you don't have a stroller because this is your first pregnancy and you're going or it's like, you know, you have a stroller, I would rent one there if you don't have one. And that's literally just for your bags. That's to like put all these water bottles and your all the things you're going to pack like sunscreen and food and snacks. It is we're not carrying that on our backs for 11 hours like too much. Throw the bags onto the stroller, push it around. I also like a stroller for my pregnant mamas so that you have something to hold on to stability and support. A stroller is amazing. Now, as I was walking around the park, I also noticed that like the mom was always taking the picture. I saw so many bellies, like it was unbelievable. And I would have to stop and say, can I take your picture? Do you want to get in that picture too? Because here's the mom taking the picture of her kids or her partner and kids, and she's not getting in the picture or the family's getting broken up and that kills me. So personally, you can spend more money like we did and pay for the photo pass. That means you can find any Disney person at any of the parks holding a fancy camera and you can ask them to take your picture. And that picture will then go into the app 
It's right there. I think the photo pass was like $99. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you guys, just ding, 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 ding on the money. Just might as well burn it. Just let it go. But either pay for the photo pass so that the whole family can get in and you can get these cute bump pictures, as many as you want all over the park, or remember to get in front of the camera or ask someone to take a picture of you. So don't be afraid to get in and get those cute bump pictures all over the parks. Okay, now what are we wearing to the park? It's all about comfort. So as your doula, I would like you to be in running shoes, okay? Maybe even Velcro running shoes so you don't have to keep tying them if they come untied. But like really comfortable running shoes. I'd appreciate it if you wore compression socks. But I understand that can get really hot and just not look that good, you know, either. But that's going to help with your swelling. I do recommend bringing a change of shoes just in case you do start to swell. So you can sit down and get your feet up. But even the average person who's walking around dehydrated and they're starting to swell. Like, I mean, my hands and feet were so swollen and I'm not pregnant. So I can't even imagine what a pregnant person's feet looks like at the end of this. I mean, I can't imagine because I went to Disney many times pregnant. But I would recommend bringing like supportive sandals like a Birkenstock, you know, like something that that you can swell in essentially. So you've, you're walking all day and your feet hurt, you can change shoes and change it up. Your eyes are also so much more sensitive when you're pregnant. So just make sure you have good sunglasses. I left mine at the hotel and my sister was like, here's mine. And they were like $5 from CBS. They did not cut it, you know? So I'm talking about like polarized, some kind of good sunglasses that really block sunlight or is going to help you be more comfortable. Another thing that just helped me be more comfortable was having a magic band. So it's sort of like a bracelet or a watch, but it becomes your ticket. I found in previous experiences at the parks, that was really annoying to like have my phone out all the time and have to swipe and pull up the app and oh, now I'm on this ride. When you are wearing the magic band, which are $20 each, again, ching, ching, ching. I wish I had a sound effect for this. Um, But you can just swipe the magic band. They're good for seven years. So if you invest $20 per person in these bands, you can keep them for seven years. And I can attest to that because we probably got our six years ago and they were still working. So they may even work longer than that. But you can swipe right in um, and it makes it easy and you don't have to be fumbling with your phone the entire time. Now, chafing is a massive problem when you're sweating and walking for 11 hours. I am going to tell you this story because I just had a breast reduction. I'm in a compression bra and the chafing was so bad. I was raw on the sides of my breasts. And, and I know better, right? So they have, there's Vaseline, there's chub rub, there's powder. You should wear leggings. Like, oh my God, do not try to wear shorts that are going to rub your thighs together. You want a really soft bra, like a really soft bra that isn't going to chafe you. Or rub Vaseline or chub rub all over your breasts and your inner thighs too. So you just don't get chafed. This is a tip for the whole family, because if you have a male partner, chafing's a real thing also. So make sure that your male partner, counterpart, your kids, everyone's aware of chafing and using the products that will help you not chafe. Now, the next tip is I don't know if the 
Magic Kingdom or they infuse smells into the park as part of the experience or not. But like, I will say, especially the food smells, like there's a lot of smells. And for a pregnant person whose nose is very sensitive, I mean, there's a lot. So I recommend bringing those little disposable alcohol wipes or um, like a bottle of essential oil with like lavender or peppermint so you can sniff on it if you're feeling nauseous or overwhelmed by like park smells. Now, remember we talked about those ice cooling packs or the cooling towels. You can do like a drop or two of lavender or a drop of peppermint on those ice cooling towels. It'll take away all those smells. It'll be relaxing. And those really cool, those are cooling um, scents also or cooling oils. So that will really help cool you down. I carried Zofran. Now I carried Zofran for nausea because I was doing roller coasters. (laughs) You will not be doing roller coasters, and we're going to talk in a minute about what rides you can and cannot do. But I do recommend, just because pregnancy nausea is a thing, that maybe bring a ginger pop or some Zofran or whatever it is that you're using to curb your nausea, just in case it hits while you're walking around. Fuel. We talked about you can bring your own snacks in. You can pack your own food. We had groceries delivered to our hotel room, so highly recommend that. Or packing them and driving them down from wherever you're going. If you're flying, definitely have groceries delivered to your hotel and then pack them. You can pre-order your food on the mobile app. That saves time. That saves waiting. Again, it goes back to like the disability pass and the lightning lane. We ordered our lunch and our dinner on the mobile app, and then we built that into our day so that at 1230, we showed up at the Starlight Cafe and our food and table were already there, ready to go, no waiting in lines. These just really help you when you're pregnant to just have an easy, fun, relaxing day where it's not, you don't look back and think like, I was just hot, sweaty, and waiting in line all day. That's the whole reason I'm recording this podcast for you. All right. The last thing I'm going to talk about is safety, which is the first thing I should have talked about, but let's get to it. So number one, sunscreen. It is Florida. It is hot. The sun is shining. Let's not get a sunburn when we're pregnant. Please bring your own hand sanitizer at both parks. We were at almost every hand sanitizing station was out of hand sanitizer by about noon. So we were okay in the mornings and they probably refill during the day. But like we just noticed a lot of the sanitizing stations were completely out by midday. We talked about COVID because I'm recording this January 4th, 2022. So it's the middle of all these surges of new variants of COVID and their mask requirements. If you are unable to wear a mask or uncomfortable wearing a mask, then please go to the DisneyExperience.com and look at their rules and regulations. And don't visit until after they've lifted their mask guidelines. Because right now, you got to be wearing a mask indoors if you go to these parks, okay? And it's, it's hard. It was, like I said, it was hard to breathe for 11 hours in an N95 inside and outside. We didn't take those masks off except for like maybe pulled them down to take a photo. Now, when you get inside the park and on your app, or you can do it beforehand too, probably do it beforehand, you will see red triangle rides. The red triangle rides on the map are the ones that are not advised in pregnancy. And I'm going to go through them for you. Okay. So Disney advises against riding these rides at the Magic Kingdom when you're pregnant. 
Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Space Mountain, the Barnstormer, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and the Tomorrowland Speedway. Okay, those are the big bumpy stop and go, like your belly would hit the crossbar in front of you. Like I absolutely, I, I rode all of those rides and I absolutely um, 100% go, like there's nothing else I would add to this list. Like I completely recommend all of that. And Tron is coming out. That's going to definitely be a no-go also. No Tron when that comes out. So like what can you do? Well, there's a zillion things, but let me just give you some of them that we did that were fun, okay? The Walt Disney World Railroad, the Swiss Family Treehouse. Oh gosh, that's so magical and fun. The Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Pro tip, when you go to Magic Carpets of Aladdin, right next door in Adventureland, like literally right next to it, is the Aloha Cafe. That is where you will find the Dole Whip. The Dole Whip is the pineapple ice cream. And I I believe the only place in the whole world you can buy a Dole Whip is at Disney World. I could be wrong, but that's at least what I was told. So when you go to the Magic Carpets of Aladdin, make sure you catch a Dole Whip or a Dole Whip float at the Aloha Cafe next door. It's really good. You can do the Enchanted Tiki Room, the Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean. I love Tom Sawyer's Island, Country Bear Jamboree, the Hall of Presidents, Liberty Square Riverboat, the Haunted Mansion. That one was really fun. It's a Small World, one of my faves, Peter Pan's Flight, Mickey's PhilharMagic 3D Movie, The Enchanted Tales with Belle, Under the Sea. My kids love that one. Prince Charming Regal Carousel. That's a must always. You've got to do the carousel. The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, and the Astro Orbiter. So that's a lot. There's like so much more than you can do at the Magic Kingdom than you cannot do. Now, if you have that disability pass and that lightning lane, that's another reason. Because if your whole family wants to go to Splash Mountain, well, if you have paid for that lightning lane or and or you have a DAS pass, the disability DAS pass, then you can do what's called a rider swap. So you can scan in, but then like they know that you're not going on it because you're pregnant and your whole family scans in. There's no wait. So then you go find a shady spot while your whole family enjoys Space Mountain. I think I waited for a total of eight minutes for my family to do Space Mountain. And that's the number one most popular ride at the Magic Kingdom. So like, We scanned in and eight minutes later, because it's only a two to three minute long ride, but eight minutes later they were out and we were moving on to the next ride. And while they were on Space Mountain, I was jumping on my app, looking at my lightning lane and catching the next ride that we were going to do. So I mentioned that we also went to Animal Kingdom. So I was going to give you the list for Animal Kingdom. Uh, Suitable for pregnancy and not suitable for pregnancy. Okay, so Disney's Animal Kingdom rides and attractions that are suitable during pregnancy. All the animal viewing trails, the Festival of the Lion King, Up a Great Bird Adventure, Finding Nemo the Musical, It's Tough to Be a Bug in 3D, The Navi River Journey in Pandora, World of Avatar. That hands down is my favorite ride. Well, 
maybe fly to passage. But anyway, I love Navi River. Rivers of Light nighttime show, the train ride to the conservation station. We love that. That's where you can get to the petting zoo and the Triceratops spin. So Disney advises against riding these Animal Kingdom attractions during pregnancy. Avatar Flight of Passage. Oh, it's so good, though. Oh, it's, that's a magical one for when you're not pregnant. Get Do that one. Expedition Everest. Holy mess. That's the scariest, most intense roller coaster I've ever been on in my entire life. I had to sit out this time because of my surgery, but my kids, man, it's like the adrenaline and the high. I mean, that's a big one. So don't, don't do that one. Don't do dinosaur. Cali River Rapids. Absolutely not. And the Kilimanjaro Safari. Now, I'm on the fence on that one, okay? I would tell you then I think that that's a fine one after doing it. But again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not the Disney. And Disney advises against the safari. But there wasn't a lap band. It was like a little bit bumpy, but not too bad at all. Um, so anyway, that's one you can maybe talk to your doctor um, or your midwife about and see what they think. All right. Well, that concludes Doula Diaries and how to navigate Disney and Animal Kingdom and all my best tips for surviving the park while pregnant. So I'll see you Thursday for a brand new birth story. Happy New Year, everyone. Just a reminder, you can go to Anja Health at AnjaHealth.com, A-N-J-A Health. And there you will find a beautiful experience for parents. It's modern. It's warm. The CEO has a personal story with a child with cerebral palsy also. So the community at Anja Health is very family-like. It's all about honoring Catherine's brother. And the science is there. The science is the future. Consider using Anja Health for your cord blood banking by using code BIRTHSTORY when you check out. And I've also left a unique link for you in the show notes. Until next week.